Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach, and today we have Angela Benny White joining us. Benny was named the assistant coach at LMU this past summer, as well as the AVCA Coach of the Year in 2022. Benny, it's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we should probably start with explaining uh, the nickname Benny. Uh, it's not your middle name, but your maiden name is, is Angela Benson. Right. And so uh, and it goes by Benny Boo on uh, on Instagram. Right? Yeah, that's that's a, I think that's actually from high school. Um, I got the nickname from high school and it's just stayed the same ever since. And I haven't changed my Instagram handle since high school. So perfect. It's, yeah. it's a good brand. Uh, you made a name uh, on tour for sure with Gina Urango as Team Tex-Mex, if I'm not mistaken. That's um, right. And so I've been in beach volleyball for many years. Started out, though, at LSU, um, and I think that's kind of how uh, we got to know each other, not because I was at LSU, but because uh, one of your coaches was Steve Loswick, I believe, uh, the head coach at Coastal Carolina, where obviously I spent a couple of years. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to LSU and why you landed on uh, spelling go wrong and rooting for Tigers? <laughs> um, hey, go Tigers, always. Um so through my recruiting process, um, I, I was looking at a couple schools and when I got to campus at LSU, I just, I left and I told my parents, this is where I want to be. It just felt like home um, through Fran and the other coaches that were there at the time. Like I, I just felt like they were really good humans. They were honest, like good energy about them. And so were the, the athletes that I was going to be playing with. Um, and part of it is I've grown up going to Louisiana my whole life. My grandma grew up right outside of New Orleans, like in Slidell. So Louisiana has always been a little bit home. And I think once I got on campus and saw the atmosphere, there was there was no going back. Yeah. And so who were the who were the coaches at the time when you were at uh, LSU? Oh, gosh, that's so long ago. Um, well, so I was recruited by two different coaches. And then when I actually got there, Steve Loswick and Jill Wilson were the two coaches that are there. So Jill is now back at LSU and Steve is at Coastal still. Yeah. And then that team or your teams, I should say, had uh, quite a few coaches on it. Right. So you wound up um, graduating, playing AVP, living in Cali for a little bit. Um, you met your husband at LSU? Yes. Yes, I did. He ran okay. track. I was there. And then he uh, thought it would be great to uh, follow you out to California so you could pursue this beach volleyball dream. How did that conversation go? Actually, so we, we he was living on the East Coast when we were still dating and I was living on the West Coast. And then once I retired, I went up to Philly to be with him. Um, and then once he retired from track, we decided to move to Texas when we had our first kid. Um, and then once the opportunity came with LMU, he told me, he was like, you're taking this. And I was like, how are we going to do this? We have a three month old. There's no way we can do this. And he just was so supportive of it. He knew that's been a dream of mine and the situation was right. So we jumped on it. Yeah. And you started coaching in California to help like pay the way with, uh, the AVP career. Or did you wait until Philly to really start get rolling? No. So I actually coached even in high school a little bit, as well as in college. I coached club um, in Louisiana when I was going to school. But then once I moved to California, I was, you know, I had to make money. So I worked a lot of jobs. 
So I did some administrative work um, as well as some coaching on the side for Elite Beach. I was coaching indoor for Sunshine Volleyball Club. And then I was also coaching boys and girls, middle school and high school <laughs> at the Windward School, which is in like Mar Vista, Culver City area. So it was whatever job I could get and all of it was coaching. It was great. Yeah, I, you got a lot of reps in. Um, yes. At any point during those times up to Culver City and Mar Vista, right? Were you running into John? Because uh, he was coaching at Santa Monica, right? Around the same same period, huh? Yeah, I wasn't really running into him in that. He was still playing AVP at the time. So I kind of knew him from um, being on tour together. Yeah, the player's time, for sure. Yeah. So you got all these coaching reps in Cali. Then you go out to Philly. Um, ton of beach volleyball out there, right? Real big. Yeah, tons. Topic. Um, how did you kind of get into coaching beach up there? What kind of got that started? So I was with a club in Philly called EC power. They kind of like, they're like the main big dog up there. Um, and they had a beach program just obviously in the summers because it gets so cold up there, yeah. but they had a small group of athletes that were strictly beach players. Um, and actually a couple of them went to college for beach. One went to Tulane. Um, another, she's still at FIU and then one went to coastal. Um, and so it was, it was one of those things that they wanted to, you know, practice as much as possible. So in the winter we practiced in the gym, we would make the net really high. Um, and we would usually make the court, we would make the court smaller since it was an indoor court. And then once the spring hit and it would be sunny and above 40, they were like, let's go outside. And I was like, you know, it's still 40 degrees, right? And so I would be, you know, in a parka and like gloves and little Southern girl couldn't handle the cold. And they were all like in leggings and t-shirts and they would, they would, and the ground, you know, is like ice, just solid, just solid snow. Well, not snow, but solid like sand. And they would train out there. So I didn't do as much beach when I was up in the Philly area, but I still got a little taste. From personal experience that, that 40 degrees like most people probably listening to this think, that, oh, maybe end of February, beginning of March. No, it was probably like end of April, beginning of May before it got for sure. 40 degrees. <laughs> Just personal experience from living in Pennsylvania. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and so then you and Siddiqui have your first, right? And you guys move back to Texas, a little bit closer to family, which helps out a lot, I imagine. Yes. Um, and how did you decide to uh, go out and start your own club? So we had actually moved to near my parents, which is uh, north of Dallas. And I was working for Mad Sand at the time, as well as um, doing some admin work for Skyline Juniors. Um, and I was playing like I'd had SJ and I was like getting back to playing for fun. I, as my husband says, it's never for fun for you. You're always competitive, but was getting back to playing some. And I was playing in a tournament and Katie Dickens, who runs silver beach was there and she had mentioned that they were looking at potentially needing another director and i had mentioned that my husband and i wanted to move to austin uh, my husband's a chef by trade and big foodie so we had always talked about wanting to live in austin there's a great food scene and so she she was like are you serious i was like yeah and <laughs> next thing you know they were like you want to come and i was like why not so it was um Actually, December of 2020, during COVID, we moved there, uh, New Year's Eve weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good time to move. Nobody's really out, right? It's yeah, like right? A, it's exactly. A, it's it's really cold. There's time. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and of course, Katie Dickens, right? A fellow LSU Tiger, but you guys never played together, right? No, she was, I'm pretty sure she's directly after my four years because she came on a recruiting trip, but when I was there, but she was a freshman after I graduated. Yeah, she played for for Fran Flory as well. And um, now, but you were on the team with Dabs, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Sam Dabs, who coached at UIW and has been coaching around quite a bit. She's still in San Antonio. So you got, you know, you had some fellow Tigers in that area. Um, yep. And then you guys kind of start to grow Silver Beach. Now, Austin is uh, definitely on the, uh, I guess, more up and coming side from the beach perspective, right? I think AJV has been around for a little while. Um, but then outside of that, it, it hasn't really been too much. Um, how did that growth process go and how did you guys kind of find really stable footing at Silver? Yeah, so um, when Katie had started, it was a really small club um, and then COVID hit and that grew the numbers a lot. And that's where she kind of needed somebody else to help her out. You know, she's still playing competitively and all that. And then there's just so many more kids. So our biggest thing is we kind of came there, we had to figure out the numbers, but it was also about how can we grow the competitive side? Because at that point we kind of just had a high school group and a middle school group and we kept, you know, juniors and seniors on the same court and freshmen and sophomores on the same court. So there wasn't much competitiveness. So we tried to grow that side of it with adding like a national team and tryouts and making it a little bit more where we're traveling with BBCA. Um, we're really trying to work with them on the recruiting process and you know be those mentors for those those athletes that wanted to get to the next level and so going from there right you, you've kind of built up silver beach and then earlier this year um you know ut starts a program and obviously that's uh close to austin very very yeah. much close to austin but it does create an opening at lmu right so angie acres the assistant there at lmu moved over and uh, started working at texas and and now john mayer picks up the phone and goes benny <laughs> do, you, do you like California? Do you want to do you want to come back? How does that conversation go? What is John's a pretty soft-spoken guy, right? Uh, he's got his pod and he gets very into his ideas. But how does that recruitment conversation go from a coach's side? Yeah, so he actually texted me one day and asked me if that was something I would ever be interested in. And I was like, yeah, but California is really far from Texas. Um, I don't know. And so we ended up chatting about it. I got on the phone with him. I think we talked for like... I mean, it probably was over an hour that we talked a lot about it just because, I mean, at the time I was, I had a three, almost four month old. My oldest is three at the time. I mean, you know, I feel like my husband had just gotten a new job when we had Makai. So like he's, he's, um, he's working all these hours with this new restaurant. So we're kind of like, finally, like feel like we're settling down somewhere. And this is usually when we move. So I should have known <laughs> This is usually what happens. We get settled down somewhere and then something like this happens. Um, but uh, so I think like after I talked to him for a long time, I was I was trying to figure it out. And he was like, well, just come out for an interview. And I was like, can I bring a baby? Like, is that <laughs> is that weird? Like he needs me right now. He's a little too young to be without me for, you know, even 24 hours. And he was like, yeah, go ahead, bring him out. And so I went out there with him and John loved it. John took Makai while I was getting interviewed by other people and it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that conversation, right. I have to imagine has a lot more to do with not volleyball than it does with volleyball. Right. So sure. um, I think one of, 
the coolest things right about you is how you've managed this crazy life uh, inside the sport, but also being a, a mom, right? And being a present mother who wants to like hang out with their kids. Granted, you have some pretty cool kids. Uh, <laughs> SJ and Makaya get to hang out with every now and again, and they're they're very sweet and, and easy to be around. Uh, I'm sure I got the, the good side, right? I was only with them for like an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they throw fits. But what is that process like as you're weighing the options of like, okay, do we want to move to California? What kind of life are our kids going to lead? Mm -hmm. right? and what, what did that look like for you? Yes, there's a lot of hard conversations. Um, I think a big thing was SJ was, you know, he was in a school that he loved. He was making friends. Um, I postpartum life is crazy. Like your hormones are crazy. You don't know, like you're, you're not sleeping through the night. You know, there's a lot of that going on. Um, you also have to look at the financial side of moving across the country, whether that, like the moving cost rent here is so much more than what we were paying in Austin. Um, and then my husband, like he's having to leave his job. He had a great job that he loved and, you know, finding something while he's out here. And right now he's stay at home dad. Um, and like you said, like we want to be really present in our kids' lives and we've been really fortunate that our jobs have allowed that the past four years now that SJ has been alive. Um, so there's a lot of it that came into play. And that was a lot of talks with John was figuring out how we were going to make it work. I know I talked a lot of him about the schedule and what that looks like. Um, and I think beach volleyball is unique in that how our schedule is. It is very time consuming, but we do also have some, some time away that's okay. And coming out to LA and being where LMU is like, we're so fortunate that we get to recruit mostly on the, like everybody comes to us, you know, in the, in the summer, every kid's in Hermosa on every weekend or kids want to be out here. So we're, we're pretty fortunate that we don't have to travel as far for tournaments as well as for recruiting. So weighing all those options and what I want to do with the rest of my life and figuring out if college beach volleyball is what I want to do. Um, that's, that was, you know, kind of a big thing. Yeah. And now, uh, are you guys, you're set up kind of where you lived as a player, right? You're kind of yes. in South Bay ish. And so the biggest question I always had, cause I coached at Miracosta for, I don't know, three months before COVID shut down the world. <laughs> um, right. But I thought, what would it have been like if I had been a high schooler that could have walked down to the beach? Right. So are you SJ Mackay? Like, are you guys going down to the to the sand all the time? What is it like to be a kid living in Southern California with a mom that coaches beach volleyball? Definitely different. One of the things is um, LMU. We now have beach courts on campus that just opened in March. So that's it. They, they come up there sometimes. Um, but we probably because I get home decently early most of the days of the week that because we're, you know, less than 10 minutes drive we head to the beach and just hang out for an hour. And it's, it's awesome. Cause that, that was always my thing. Like, what is it like as a kid to just have this as your backyard? This is wild. Um, so it's been really fun. SJ cries every time we leave the beach. Um, so I guess he likes it. <laughs> he, That's awesome. Yeah. He hates leaving the beach. And then we also have a really great park across the street and he, there's like a little skate park. Um, and he has a scooter. So he always wants to go there as well. 
and he's like doing jumps and I don't I don't know scooter terminology or skateboarding terminology. I think but a kickflip. Like, Kickflip's yeah. the one I always remember. I don't know what that is, but sure, maybe he's kickflipping. He's only four, so um, but he's trying to do all the things that the older kids are doing at the skate park and jumping his scooter off the the ramps and all that. So we are outside a lot, which is nice because in Austin it was pretty hot before we left. So there wasn't much outside time. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like an awesome place to be a kid. Um, sure. uh, I'm going to ask a, another family factor, right? I know we've kind of ventured into that, but I think there's something really important, right? It's happening a lot in indoor. There's a lot of conversations about um, being able to be a, a mom and being a female coach in collegiate indoor volleyball. And um, I think there's those factors are still very similar in beach, probably because we tend to be less staffed than an indoor program. I mean, indoor I looked on the bench at an SEC match the other day. And I think there were nine people. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what I would ask the ninth person to do. Like, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get the stat sheet papers in between timeouts and sets, <laughs> right? That's, that's all I got for you. Um, but you know, you had a really great family system in in Texas, right? Your parents lived right up the road. Um, Siddiqui's family was pretty close, if I'm not mistaken. No, not no. at all. They're from Philly. They're from Pennsylvania. That's they're from New Jersey. Yeah. Michael cut that. Right. But your family uh, is from Texas, right? And so mm-hmm. in Texas, you had a lot of family support. Moving to California, uh, you probably had friends there from playing and living there, but that's got to be an adjustment. What has that been like? What does that look like for you? Yes, that was definitely another piece of it when we were weighing the options. Um, We were very fortunate. Even in Austin, we were still like three hours from my parents, but like they were they would come at least once a month. um, So we had them out there a lot and I had a lot of close friends. Um, I feel very fortunate that I have a lot of really good friends out here still um, from when I played that if I ever needed anything, they've kind of been there to help me with that. Um, We've had a couple of times where I've, I've had to call Gina been like, hey, can you come watch the kids for a little bit real quick? Uh, Siddiqui has a job interview and I'm at work. Or um, Rachel Scott is also a really close friend and she's always, she's super close walking distance from her house. So we have those people and it, that we can kind of lean on. Um, and I feel like we've, the cool thing about being out here is I feel like I've made some really good like friends that kind of turned into family, even when I was living far away in Texas, which is awesome. Yeah, that's got to be really helpful and really nice. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm sure the move was hard uh, from all of those factors that we've talked about. But I know for one, I'm, I'm very grateful to have you in College Beach. Um, granted, it was nice having that that conversation every time at your club. Um, but now kind of shifting into that volleyball, what's what's been that change, right? What's been the, the biggest difference for you from, all right, I'm running this club to now, okay, uh, I'm now helping run a, a college program and I'm recruiting from the other side. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a lot. Um, definitely a lot of learning, which has been great. Um, both from, obviously y'all know the ad, the administration side, the NCAA rulebook side, all that good stuff, as well as from the coaching side, you know, how John, like he loves to learn and we're always trying to guide our athletes to be better and to, you know, become better athletes. Um, So I think one of the things that I was really excited about coming into College Beach is I feel like it was very hard to get that team atmosphere in club. Um, Just because you have so many athletes, you only sometimes get them once a week, maybe twice a week. 
And it was, and then you're not with them most tournaments, you know, you, you coach them during the week, they play in tournaments with whoever they want. Occasionally you have a BBCA, but being in this college atmosphere, you really get to know your players and you get to like build that relationship on an even deeper level, um, which I love. And you, you know, you get to grow with them and they become part of your family. And Silver Beach was definitely a part of my family. And that was like such a hard decision. Katie and I, there was lots of tears. Katie and Maddie and I didn't think I cried or had feelings, but I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, it you know, it was relationships in different ways. And that's one of the things I've loved being in the college sport for these last couple months is kind of growing that and learning, learning from these athletes as well. Are you yeah. taking some of your own recruiting advice that you might have given to some of your club athletes and like putting it into play with your recruiting strategy at LMU now? Like, was there, was there like, oh, they have to initiate the phone call. Like, are you waiting for people? Or are you initiating the phone call now? Or what, what kind of stuff would change? Yeah, so I'm still learning the recruiting side on the college aspect of it. Um, and like I, I always ask John and says, you know, questions on that. They kind of says is kind of taking more of that recruiting role for us. Um, but one of the things I've been finding interesting going from helping athletes be recruited to recruiting is like watching all the videos that I receive. And like, I helped my kids, they would put the video together and they would, a lot of times I would say, Hey, like I can watch it before you send it, whatever. And I would think, you know, okay, this looks pretty good. Okay. Like we can send this out. And then I'm watching video and it just looks so different than in person. <laughs> like, because you know, the athlete, you know, the type of worker they are. Like when you're with them all the time as a high school athlete, like you understand the type of player they are. But like, when you just see like the pass set hit, you don't see anything else. Like you can see them bounce a ball on the 10 foot line. You're like, oh, that looks pretty good. But you don't know anything else about them other than what they tell you. So, I mean, that's one of the big things that John always talks about. We're always talking about as a staff is like, you know, we want them to get them in camps or I want to see them at college recruiting showcases because you want to you want to see the type of kid they are in between the rallies as well as, you know, when they come up to you and talk to you or how they are off the sand, how they treat, like we talk about all the time, when you see them at a tournament, how are they treating their parents on the sideline? You know, we want to build those relationships and get athletes who are good humans, not just great volleyball players. Yeah, I think that that is so interesting that you kind of bring up that point because uh, as we're recruiting, like we're, I'm going through Instagram videos or you get these little YouTube clips and it's like, all right, that's great. Grab my attention. But when's the next time we can talk? And like my first phone call that I usually have with athletes, I usually don't bring up volleyball at all. I'm just talking mm -hmm. about personality, family, all that stuff. See what their interests are um, to really gauge like, who are you? Because in your film, I can see that you're athletic. I can see that you can put a ball down every once in a while, maybe. Um, but like where where does this person grow to like what what is very important to you and that's something that i always i've always thought about but like i've never seen it from the other side and my brother coaches club up in dc and i've kind of asked him a couple of questions like that and he's like oh yeah it's easy you just throw together some clips and like send it off and they'll get recruited he's like i don't know if that's how it works yeah and i think yeah. volley beach volleyball is a unique sport because you know, we can, they can, at the juniors level, they can play with so many different people. 
you're not seeing in this like one dimensional team that they're with a team for, I don't know, club volleyball, what, like nine months out of the year now where they're with that same team and you can, you can kind of feel that. But I think at the juniors level, one, sometimes their, their, their high school club coaches don't really know them that well. You know, they see them at practices and things like that, but they don't see them in tournament situations. You know, a lot of clubs, their coaches don't travel. And I was, that was a big thing with Silver Beach is we wanted to be with our athletes to see how they responded in, in high school tournaments and in those pressure type situations. But when a lot of these club coaches aren't seeing how their kids are responding in pressure situations, how can we sit there and ask them, Hey, like, what do you think about this athlete? That type of thing without like at the, at the high school level, I've had, you know, college coaches ask me, what do you think about this player? And I would tell them the truth because in my opinion, like, I don't want to talk about a kid and say they're way up here and then you recruit them and they're not that for you. Yeah. You know, like, I think that we have to keep honest with it. And I think a lot of times that's not happening, unfortunately. <laughs> so you have to be aware of that, right? From the other side. Now you're like, oh, I know you used to lie a little bit back in the day. All right. Now I got to sure. <laughs> make sure that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, we've gotten to talk a little bit about uh, Cesar, who's been uh, recruiting, or you said his recruiting coordinator, right, at LMU. And so um, he's also new this year, coming from Cal State Bakersfield. So You've got some, you've got John who's started the program at LMU, right? He was an assistant that first year and he's, I think he's one of the few remaining um, original coaches, right? So out of the original programs, I think he's one of maybe four uh, that are still at the same program from year one back in 2012, I think. Uh, So he's seen every iteration of the sport. (laughs) Then you've obviously got yourself who played professionally in California uh, and has been on the club side and seen it from many different ways. And then Cesar, who's, uh, I mean, he played a few years ago, a couple, you know, he's a couple he's back in the day a little bit. <laughs> um, and then coached at, at Bakersfield for almost 10 years, maybe a decade. I, I yeah. Know. I think it was eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of started that beach program, but obviously in a very different way where he was the indoor coach for a long time and then got kind of kicking on the beach program and switched over. How have you three, um, found a way to, to kind of get everything going? Man, it's, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think obviously we all have our different coaching styles and we're, I feel like we're just learning from each other and we're still kind of figuring it all out when it comes to the cohesiveness as a team and figuring out what's going to help our athletes best. Um, I mean, obviously the athletes are used to John the most. They've had they've had him the longest. Um, I think for me coming in as a female, it's a little bit different than for like says, just because they're going to tell me things that they're not going to tell John or says as much. Um, and then says they just I think he's just done such a good job coming into this role. And he's just like he talks about just like how exciting it is to like be at a school like this. And like, we're just putting in the work right now. And I feel like that's it. Like says and I are just trying to like grind it out, trying to be the best assistants we can be for John um, and get the most out of our athletes. So I think it's going to be a work in progress, figuring out kind of what sides we all bring to the table, but um, that's kind of why he took the recruiting side. I think he's really good on that side. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. (laughs) I'm still learning, you know, how this works. And so he's done a really good job of helping us organize that process. Um, 
And hopefully, you know, we can keep feeding on off each other's like strengths and weaknesses to figure out, you know, what's best. With all three of you being uh, in families with young kids, which we talked about a little bit pre-pod, right? How is the, the office? What's what's that usually like? Is it like, hey, um, you know, baby's sick, I'll be in it at 11, right? Or is it, you know, how has that dynamic um, impacted your guys' relationship? Um, I think one, we all have very supportive spouses, which is very helpful. Um, both Mila, so both John's daughter and says his daughter are both in school. So I think that's probably pretty helpful. Um, I know a lot of times says we'll drop his daughter at school and then he'll even come pick me up. We'll carpool a decent amount. Um, and then we'll go to the office. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think we don't usually have the kids in the office too much. That hasn't had to happen yet, but John's like, Hey, if there's ever a problem and y'all need to bring a kid, like I get it. Mila has been to many practices before. Like if, if you need to have a kid here, that's, that's doable. So I think I've been, you know, super fortunate. Siddiqui is so supportive and he deals with the kids so much. I always feel bad when I get home, <laughs> um, but we, you know, we have, we have team stuff and my kids will come up to practice when Siddiqui's coming to pick me up sometimes, or we had like a team dinner at John's and all the kids were there and our girls like love our kids and are great babysitters. So it's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of a college program, right? Is you just inherited 13 babysitters yep. uh, for most days that you need. Uh, maybe you and Siddiqui can get a date night every now and again. Uh, need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, makes it I'm sure you got plenty of free time that you're, yeah. you're working with right now. Plenty. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a really unique uh, experience, right? To have uh, three coaches all on the same staff that are at very similar um, life experiences. I think so oftentimes you'll see an older head coach with a much younger assistant, right? I mean, not that I'm the oldest guy in the room, but uh, my assistant is uh, 20 years old, right? So <laughs> we've lived very different lives. And even when I was at Coastal, um, I was the assistant and Steve was your coach in, yeah. in college. So that's, <laughs> um, you know, just for reference points, right? So what does that create any feelings of, obviously John's the head, right? But that's got to create quite the camaraderie of, hey, we're all doing the same thing here, right? I knew you from the tour. We've all played together. You've coached for nine years. Like, we're all rolling in a similar boat here. Yeah, we uh, we always talk about how hard parenting is, and it's kind of nice to have, you know, other people to feed off of <laughs> with some good parenting advice. And um, both of their daughters are, like, awesome. So any parenting advice they give me, I'm definitely taking it in. Yeah. Has there been any difference with, like, oh, They've both got daughters and I've got SJ Mackay and like, you know, does that happen uh, at all? Hasn't yet. Uh, mostly because I'm in such the toddler phase that it doesn't matter if they're boy or girl. They're just like brats sometimes. Um, <laughs> but it'll be interesting when older, you know, John's about to go through it. His daughter's going to be a teenager soon. So he, he's going to go through it in the next couple years. <laughs> oh, gosh. Poor guy. Poor, Poor guy. We'll be praying for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Benny, getting into the volleyball piece, right? So what are the secrets of LMU? What what are the things that we need to be learning that John's rolling out there? So randomness training was was a lately thing, uh, but what else has kind of the been the biggest eye-opening experience of like, oh, this is how college very much differs you know, from a training perspective, from a volleyball perspective? Yeah, so I think like we've kind of talked about, 
the same with high school as well as college is, you know, every coach is different. And I, there wasn't very many college coaches that I would move out to California for. Um, and John was that one. I've learned from him from years, obviously the podcast, I've listened to that for a really long time. Um, and I, we actually at Silver Beach actually had him and Joe Trinsley run a coaches training for us. Um, where it was all on zoom. Um, but they ran like a three course coaches training for us, which was awesome. So I've been learning from him already for years. And so it's been really cool to now, you know, learn more from him. Um, he talks a lot about like the ecological dynamics of sports and kind of like the, the science behind sports, like sports movements and stuff. And so I'm learning a lot about that. And I think, I mean, I think it's just the next way. I think we've the coaching world is still so old school and a lot of it, I I just think a lot of it needs to change and we need to find what works for our athletes. And we always talk about what works for one athlete is not going to work for another. They're all different body types, all different people, all different brain, like what what's going on in their head. And so it's finding what works for each of those athletes. And, you know, so we do like a lot of the equal ecological dynamics, a lot of the constraint leds approach, um, and different things like that but it's been fun to learn and I'm definitely like still feel like I don't know what I'm doing but <laughs> it's getting a little better yeah are you um are you bringing any homework home do you have any like has John been like you should check this out uh and what kind of resources would you say have helped you the most uh, just as somebody that maybe wanted to pick one up at some point <laughs> for sure um I uh, he actually sent me a book like right after I signed the papers and got hired. So uh, <laughs> I've already read a couple books. Uh, most recently, I'm learning about motivational interviewing, which is super interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. It's been it's been hard, I feel like, but and I have a lot of work when it comes to that. But that's been probably my most recent homework um, that I've been kind of on. So yeah, it's mostly just reading books and finding stuff. Joe Trinsley has a lot of really cool stuff on his website um, and just finding articles and podcasts to listen to. Some of the books I've had so far to send to y'all. What is this motivational interview? Like, what, what, is, what does this mean? Um, so this is, okay, I'm going to like completely mess up this and it probably is not going to sound right, but it's going to sound good in my head. Um... So pretty much it's how to get the most out of your athletes through getting them to like motivate themselves. So instead of us being like, hey, you need to do this, this and this, it's going that like we know that we believe that what the athlete has inside them is what's best for them. So how can we bring it out? So instead of kind of telling them what's going on. We're kind of using like listening statements and ways to talk to them and asking them questions so that they find the answers deep within them and they kind of get that change talk and they find ways to change. Yeah. So I hear that you're talking about not feeling very confident in uh, using MI in a day-to-day. -day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that, was that was an example on. of MI right there that I yeah. would like use on Benny because then Benny would follow up with like, well, it's not that I'm not confident, right? It's that I'm I'm still feeling out how to get better at it. Oh, so you feel like there are things that you can improve in your motivational interviewing. Yeah, like I would want to get better at this and and then all oh, of a sudden you're way too good at that already. 
<laughs> all of a sudden she's like gotten the she's come up to her own conclusion of like oh i want to be better about saying listening statements and um encouraging people to to kind of move forward and and uh i guess the idea that you know what is going to make you better right mm-hmm. that this is an, a conversation we'll have with our athletes off the court all the time is like you don't need me to tell you that it's a good idea for you to pick up your trash Right. You don't, I shouldn't, I don't need to mandate that, you know, it's a good thing to do. So do it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think motivational interviewing is like the athletic version of that same conversation because it's a little bit harder to see, Oh, I do actually know what I'm supposed to be doing. I do know how to pass. Right. Um, I know I know how to pass because I've done it 15,000 times. That's why I'm at LMU or SLU or ULM. Right. Uh, no, I do want to talk about one more really funny thing because this is an opportunity where we have these two programs on the same phone call. Oh. How often are you guys getting each other's emails? I've only had it twice. I've, I've only gotten an LMU email twice <laughs> and I feel so like, I'm sure it's the opposite feeling for you guys, but when they send me an LMU vi- our email, I'm like, Oh man. All right. We, we took a <laughs> nice step up right now. That's awesome. Wait, tell me what happened. Explain the story. So their their email, right, is ULM. ULM, right? Yeah, and yours is LMU. Uh-huh. So it's just a flip of a letter. And they and, and so they would actually, like, they yeah. wrote out your name and everything, but then they would put LMU? Yeah, so, like, they'll, they'll address it to LMU coach or LMU coaches, or they'll have somewhere where, like, I want to come play at LMU or something like that. And it'll come to us. And I'm like, well, you just flip that letter and you can come. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't think I've had that, but I also don't receive all the recruiting emails. I think John receives more of those than me. So I'm sure he yeah. doesn't get a whole lot. Cause I still don't get a whole lot. So, um, yeah, if you, you do this long enough, right. You'll, the funniest emails to get are the ones where, uh, somebody has copy and pasted, the email that they're sending right and so uh i used to get like uh oh hey i'm really interested in santa clara and i would go great yeah they'd forget to change the the name of the coach or the and one of rj at south carolina used to do this all the time whenever he'd get a coastal email he would forward it along and he'd go hey Susie, i really appreciate the email Oh, oh, you addressed wow. it to South Carolina or you, yeah, the email address is South Carolina, but it says coastal good news. I know the coastal coaches really well and wanted to make sure your email made it to the right person. No, uh, That's It's a very entertaining. It's, I think, uh, if there's any athletes listening, right, it's a very harmless mistake. Like yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing it. It definitely doesn't look good. Um, but it is also not that big of a deal i don't know if if you're the right fit for the program we're not going to write you off because you missed uh an email letter now maybe maybe ulm and lmu would but i can tell you right now if you screw up slu or lsu uh i understand uh in fact that's usually my joke is you're spelling our our team name wrong when you're wearing an lsu shirt so (laughs) yeah that happened with one of my athletes when i coached juniors she did that one time she like freaked out so yeah, it happens. The okay. sometimes gets you. <laughs> um, Benny, I know you're you're still kind of new there, but what is LMU gonna do going forward? What are the things that we should be on the lookout for from the Lions, the other Lions? 
<laughs> the other ones. <laughs> um, I mean, biggest thing is we're we're always trying to learn and mix it up and change the game a little bit and not, you know, be a little bit different. So I think that's something that we're we're always doing. Like when athletes come to our camps, they leave our camps and they're like, I've never experienced a camp like that before, which is pretty cool. Um, if you would have seen our warmups over the weekend at tournaments, we don't look anything like any other team. I see 20 teams out there all looking the same with their dynamic warmup. And then you see us and people are looking at us like we're crazy. So it's pretty fun to kind of like, you know, we're trying, we're trying to find different ways to help our athletes be better in the sand. And so it's been pretty fun, like doing those things. Um, but I think, I think our goal is to keep, keep learning and keep growing um, and hopefully keep winning. Right. <laughs> part of it it's always part of it you want to you want to be the best and we want to keep doing well in our conference and we want to keep making it to gulf shores yeah or huntington sooner rather than later right yeah oh yeah i forgot huntington it's, it's going back back to the west coast or yeah not back but to the west coast I to think the west coast time. two years yeah. right for two years for two years yeah huntington beach what will that trip be like yeah. down the road you guys gonna van it every day yeah it'd be great Sleep in your own bed. That's kind of nice. That's good. And always, we we like to finish off with one question of like, what would you like to see from college beach volleyball next? I, I know you're newer to the to the association, but I'm sure you've seen everything from all different perspectives now. So I'd really like to know what your perspective is on what comes next for NCA beach volleyball. I mean, I think it's been amazing the growth the past 10 years of this sport going from just, you know, not even NCAA um, and it being like one of the fastest growing sports. So seeing that keep happening um, is only going to help both NCAA as well as us on the Olympic side and on the AVP side. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see more scholarships. I think that would be such a big help. I think one of the one of the things that's still happening is girls are trying to decide between indoor beach when it comes to money. If an athlete knows that they need money for school, like a lot of them aren't going to go the beach route just because they're still, you know, that's, it's not a headcount sport and they may not get a full ride. Um, I know if I was in that same boat as an athlete, I would have picked indoor. That's just, I, I knew that I would have to pay my way for college. So if I knew that I could get to college playing indoor full ride, I would have done that over playing beach. So I think getting it even more fully funded instead of just six, if we can keep growing that side, I think would be really big. Um, and I don't know, this would be my first full season this year. Um, I know it looks pretty quick. The season looks really quick when I looked at it on the calendar. Um, so maybe still growing that side and making it, you know, more competitive conferences where you're actually, you know, playing conference tournaments and things like that, as opposed to making your schedule. But on the flip side, I also seen that being really cool about beach volleyball is that you can make your own schedule and you don't have to go, you know, a home and away at each school. Um, so I think this this spring will be be a big, uh, big learning thing for me to kind of see what I like and what I don't like. Um, but I thought this fall, if I'm not mistaken, this was like the second year of the fall pairs and how many. Yeah, of the national championship. Um, 
which I thought was awesome. I mean, I didn't go, but just I watched it all last fall. Um, so I think the more we can grow the fall season, I think it's only going to help these athletes be better in the spring. Yeah, it feels way more legit Yeah, having like something to play for in the fall. And it makes it, I remember some of the earlier days, like I say earlier days, 2017 or whatever, 18, right? We would play all fall. You're doing seven, eight months of prep and then you're playing for eight weeks. And it right. was like water running gun season. And so now having something in the fall that really is a true like competition um, and you get to travel a little bit and you get to see, I think really prepares our athletes for the spring much better um, than, than we have in the past. So yeah, extending the season would also be great. Uh, what I really took away from this answer was that we need to have you back in a year so that you can give us an <laughs> even better one about um, what you did and didn't like about college. Uh, hey, college I'll do it. I, I don't know if people will listen, but I'll be here. Yeah, just to for anybody that does listen, right, Benny, uh, when I texted her and asked if she would come on, she said, if, only if you want your listenership to go down. Uh, and so we have to really prove to her that that is not in any way, shape or form what's going to happen because you are so cool. Um, and we really appreciate you taking time out of your family day to uh, hang out and chat with us. It really means a lot. And I'm so excited to see you in a different space and probably get to uh, chat even more recruiting when we see each other in person uh, it'll be better than when you're trying to be a tournament director too uh, we <laughs> yes. can really chat so thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it yeah. no thank you i wanted to say that like what y'all are doing is so awesome uh having this podcast as well as having good humans in the college space for athletes i just i i have so many friends from growing up that just had miserable time in college just because they're coaches and so to have y'all on that side of the college aspect and helping these young girls become great role models and women and athletes is awesome. So thank you for doing what y'all are doing. Yeah, thank you so much, Benny.